Welcome to the Data Rockstars Coffee Pod with me, Kelly Peters. And me, Regina Lally. And uh, this week on our sixth episode, we're going to be talking about sharing photos on uh, social media platforms and some of the potential data protection pitfalls and the global companies such as Amazon and how they collect large volumes of our data, possibly without us really appreciating what it is. So it's, I think it's going to be a fun packed uh, 15 minute between Regina and I. So I hope you don't mind, Regina, I'll just kick off. Of course. And uh, you can just uh, jump in if you think I've gone a little bit too far. <laughs> Never. <laughs> so last week, there was an article uh, in the press about the Dutch Data Protection Authority find a grandmother because she refused to take photos of her, of her grandchild off uh, social media, such as Pinterest and Facebook. And it was quite intriguing that this was a GDPR fine that the, the grandmother's been given. That's interesting because um, I think most of our listeners uh, would think that GDPR doesn't apply to them as individuals, that it's pretty much focused on companies and charities and organisations, but that they, as far as they, they're aware, it doesn't apply to individuals or personal use. So how come, how come she was fine? I think that's a good question. I think typically people think it's about domestic use of data doesn't come under data protection, and they would be right, with the exception of social media, in that social media connects us, like Facebook, globally and Facebook as a platform has access to third parties and there's the risk that the photo that's been uploaded could be shared wider uh, and therefore could be shared with third parties without the parents or the child being aware that their photo has been shared and that's, I think um, as well there's um, I guess with the third parties and app that link into to Facebook if people are using those then some of those do say that they'll use any kind of photos or certainly your profile pictures that they can use those in advertising or they may appear in other forums so I guess yeah that's quite a real risk then for people if um, they're not really sure where their photo is going to be used. And I think it's just not something we consider. I think we, we want to share our fun photos with our family and our friends. Uh, we don't naturally, unless you, you're probably me and you, think about, <laughs> I better check my privacy settings to make sure. sure I can control who can and cannot see certain photos. So the lady, the grandmother got fined because of her refusal to delete the data. So I think there's a little bit of an argument of saying, look, I know that you and your daughter have had a bit of a falling out it didn't need to go this far, you could have deleted the photos. And I think it's interesting because there are a number of parents out there who are more reluctant to put photos onto Facebook of their children. And I think obviously, you know, it's lovely to share and it's great to see them and you kind of have that insight as family of seeing your, your kids growing up and sort of progressing and getting the memories when they come up which is lovely but by the same measure you know I'm so glad that none of my baby photos are available on Facebook <laughs> except maybe some nice ones that I've picked there but they're yeah. in albums that my mum and dad up in their um, loft or you know available to look at but it's you can very easily restrict who sees them whereas kids now for the last probably 10-15 years have probably grown up with being on social media so I wonder how that would affect their perception of privacy and their 
right to privacy and whether you know when do they want their photos on there as they get to a stage where you know they're teenagers and stuff um i think there was a case wasn't there a couple of years ago where a teenager made their parents take down their all the photos they put up of them as kids because they just didn't want them on there and i do think we as much as it might be a little controversial and i have said this to people before and it's never gone down particularly well we do need to be mindful that as much as we want to share photos and be incredibly proud of our family and how awesome they are as children we have to respect their rights because they are individuals Mm -hmm. in their own right they have their own privacy rights and we have to respect that and if they say i don't want my photos on social media anymore delete them because you should still have those photos you know in albums or on your computers just not to the wider world that's um, true and sometimes that can be really important you know if particularly with adopted children or looked after children where potentially sharing photos on social media could pose a risk if a risk to those children and their families if people who may want to track them down it becomes much easier and I think that's then where the wider sharing becomes problematic because you lose a little bit of control when it goes onto social media if you haven't really restricted your settings so um, I certainly know that there are cases where adoptive parents have been very very cautious about the photos that they will put of their their children on Facebook because they don't want to put them at risk so um, there's some very real elements to consider about privacy and and individual rights there yeah and for me i think it's just just be mindful of your privacy settings on on social media and i think if point that family member says look i just don't want my photo shared on social media respect that and just delete it um because we do have the rights and no one should fall out over a photo being shared uh on social media no that's uh, good advice thank you sage advice on uh, on today which leads me to say that uh, i think i'm probably going to end up speaking a little bit more passionately about not that i wasn't passionate about the last subject um but I read an article from the BBC and it's led to a Panorama programme, which is about an individual has put in a data subject access uh, request to Amazon because he wanted to know what information Amazon held on him. And I know, I know. And I know individuals, privacy uh, activists have put in similar requests to the likes of Facebook just to see the wealth of information that is held. And I read this article and I was just astounded by just how much Amazon knows about this guy. And he said he'd been a a customer of Amazon for 20 years. And I thought, do you know what? I probably bought my first product on Amazon in early 2000s. I have an Amazon Prime account. I have a Kindle. I don't have an Echo or any of that uh, stuff, but it made me think about what information they could hold on me. So he found out that they had recordings from the Amazon Echo. So anyone that thinks that potentially their information is not being recorded on their home Echo device, I think that proves that's not the case. He found information on uh, where he clicked on pages on his Kindle and uh, how often he highlighted certain things. He found out that Amazon knew exactly what website he came from when he came into Amazon and where he then went after he left. And then because Amazon has grown as a phenomenal company over the last 20 years, it then, well, they bought Ring, the video doorbell. And yeah, yeah, so he he has all those interactions as well. And what he said was that there was some data that Amazon hadn't given him that he was expected to receive. And some was so large, his computer simply couldn't open it. Yeah, and and Jeff Bezos has made a business on the data. So as much as 
Amazon is the the vehicle. Data is what drives all of his decisions. And we give that information freely because we want to buy the latest product. I was having a look at that same article when you sent it across to me. And um, what I found really fascinating was a how early they were looking at being a data driven business of the late 90s, which I think, you know, there's a lot of talk of that now, but people are more aware of the fact that their you know businesses are driven by data and decisions and there's a lot more access and that kind of idea of um, a company knowing which website you've come from where you go off to that's kind of a bit more commonplace but back in the late 90s and early 2000s that was much more I guess revolutionary and I think the thing that I found fascinating wasn't just that they kind of used the information from individuals but that they partnered with big players like Borders and Toys R Us to offer um, outsourced services to them you know to help them I guess get their products to marketplace which those retailers were really excited about actually what they did was use the data of those customers buying from those retailers to understand the marketplace better and then move in on their patch which is you know for those two particularly has put them out of business and it's really interesting to see that use of data and the short-term vision of or the lack of foresight i guess for those two companies that didn't see what amazon and jeff bezos saw to actually drive their business forward and actually they've lost out massively absolutely and if you think about the sheer profile that amazon has on me and you in terms Mm -hmm. of all the different products that we would now buy they can really drive very specific offers to us now you know at what point do we draw the line saying oh hold up I think you know a little bit too much about me and you know I'm not sure I want you to still hold this information uh, and stuff so it intrigued me that they're looking at a future development of the ring uh, doorbell being able to connect to your Alexa and your Alexa saying oh please leave the package behind the green bin so they, yeah. and I, that's phenomenal that your devices know that and I was like oh oh I was getting a little bit twitchy (laughs) it is it's a really fine balance isn't it because you kind of think you know I think people like the idea and you know I very much like the idea of getting a bargain or you know those recommended products you think okay you know I can see why that's happened and yes it's of interest to me and oh yeah that's a good deal so I'll go for it and then at some point it becomes all all consuming and suddenly how much you know I think the article flagged it there's no kind of private space because you're being listened to or watched or seen all the time because in amongst all the the information they're recording and storing there's you know facial recognition starts to creep in and you know the projects and the data that the data they're collecting from all the customers and consumers they then sort of building up into massive data warehouses that then inform other projects so there was talk about uh, in the states say local police force using some of the using a facial recognition link to marry up faces that were being captured on the ring system i think it was linking those to their their database of wanted people and they were like oh yeah but you know uh, an arrest would never happen based on um just facial recognition but there's still a risk there if it's not properly managed because you never quite if it's not properly managed and people aren't considering the impact the privacy then suddenly the fact the data's there at all yeah very potential significant risk and harm for individuals where you know as much as like wrongful arrest and and impacts of that kind of level it kind of reminded me of the film that you told me to watch the tom hanks film what the circle yeah in terms of i I really drew parallels to reading this article and how much information i've knowingly given to amazon to the 
the high profile kind of movie of all this connected and there is no place where we can't find you um so i just i thought it was an interesting one and one we'll probably talk about a lot more uh, in future episodes is that you do have the right to know what they hold uh, on you but you might just be surprised just how much they know about your every uh, interaction and where do we draw the line between enough and too much Absolutely. And I think the interesting thing for me is the challenge about how do you actually limit that? Because without not using some of these technologies, then you kind of can't really protect yourself. So, you know, I think there was a, a quote in there that says, yeah, maybe go and live in a cave. But if those are our two options. That's pretty extreme of, you know, yeah. willingly all your data and insights across to, and it's not just Amazon that, you know, Facebook and Google and the sort of those big data driven companies have got massive amounts of information that they use to drive their business and insight about us all as individuals and groups of people. And sadly, I think people are very predictable. So it helps because we get what we want and they can make money from it so it's going to be an interesting balance and how we can maintain our privacy over the coming years as technology continues to drive forward i agree and i think what i would say to anyone that's listening um we would love to hear what you have to say so do email us any questions or any challenges that you have about what we've uh, said you may have a different view Uh, we have an email address which is coffee at dbxuk.com we'd love to hear from you we are going to have to wrap this session up now because i did think that we would talk quite passionately uh, (laughs) about it so thank you uh, regina it's been great to, to chat again yeah it's been brilliant and uh, insightful as always yeah absolutely and i would just like to say thank you to everyone uh, listening um we'll be back next week with some more um fun data protection conversations so that's a uh, goodbye from me for now <laughs>